Thank you, Pastor Russell. Come on, would you thank God for Pastor Russell, Miss Maria, the Johnson family, world-class pastor and leaders. You are blessed. Thank you, Michael. Lord, I thank you that out of pursuit Northwest will come a new sound the earth's never heard before. God, I thank you, Lord, that you're already opening the sound of angelic praise in this place. And people will come in and hear more than instruments and voices. They will hear the sound of heaven. And they will feel, God, winds of your spirit. Like we sang, they will feel things that aren't natural or normal. So, God, I thank you for scripts of songs flowing down to, to Pastor Michael, to all the writing team. Thank you, God. You're establishing something in the worship here that's so important that there, the move of God here will be represented by the sound of God here. And they will be together, God, coordinating what you have, what you've ordained and what you've done. God, we thank you for this. I, I submit. I see a school of the arts with such a high calibration of excellence when it comes to training people in the exercise and the manifestation of worship. God, I thank you for all that you're going to do. Pastor uh, Russell and your precious wife, you got how many children you have? Three, three babies. And so, God, I thank you. It is an honorable thing when a pastor is having revival and postpones his own physical house purchase to build God's house. That is both rare and it speaks of the depth of integrity in the Johnson family. But in the name of Jesus Christ, I loosen a miracle house to you. And I declare that God brings it. I saw, I saw God touch five, five people, either in the church or in the community that would help you some kind of way in that house. And I just want to encourage you, Mrs. Johnson, to, to look for a dream house and not look for a house that they say is within your budget. So God will flex his muscles to satisfy the desires of your heart. Now here's the point. Your children will not be punished for your husband's calling but they will have a house where their dreams can come true too. So God, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you, God, for miracle houses for this church. I pray for everyone that's looking for physical houses. God, let there be so many testimonies. God gave me a miracle house. He gave me a miracle $40 million building for free. I've got great faith for this prayer. Let houses be purchased with all kinds of unusual, extravagant testimonies. And God, let new properties be added to the cluster of pursuit. God, give them a home big enough to handle what you're doing. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for doing it. Amen. It's a great honor to be with you tonight, and I'm excited about what God's doing. It is such a Beautiful thing to watch the lives literally in front of us be transformed in water baptism. And it is such an important part of the faith journey for all of us. And so it's so exciting. Then we're praying for the sick and just doing um, just everything that God wants to do. There are, there are some churches that do some things and some churches that do other things. God loves churches that do everything. And uh, so the word of God is preached here. People are prayed for. The Holy Spirit is unleashed to move great worship. So there's no deficit in the operations, function, and culture of this church. It's an amazing thing. This is a rare thing and a beautiful thing. Please uh, pray for your pastors and honor what God's doing and appreciate it because it is a beautiful inheritance to the Northwest but it also is special whenever it happens. And like Pastor said, God will, God will use whoever he wants to, wherever he wants to do it. And God often picks places and people that wouldn't be chosen by others, but God doesn't consult us to do what he wants to do. So he, 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 he does what he wants to do. I'm going to be speaking a message 
tonight called Tell the Devil I Want My Stuff Back. <laughs> that uh, title, and I changed my sermon three times. We don't want any of these prophetic sermon uh, services. I get so many downloads. Oh, man, that'd be good. That'd be good. That'd be good. But I hope this blesses you and helps you, but we're going to declare war tonight. And uh, 1 Samuel chapter 30 will be our main text. This is the story of David's great test before his great triumph. Uh, before I read these verses, let me share something humorous. I heard about these three men on an outdoor wilderness adventure up here in the northwest, somewhere in your beautiful state. And I th coming from the desert, by the way, I find it kind of unfair. You have rivers and the ocean, and, and we have canals and riverbeds uh, in Phoenix, but it's pretty, pretty awesome, uh, all the water, and I'm really enjoying the clear skies. Who wouldn't want to live here? Every time I come here, it's perfect. Uh, so maybe I should come more often. Maybe that's the Lord uh, telling me. These three guys were on a wilderness adventure together up here in your beautiful state, and they came across a flooded, raging river they had to cross. And so the first guy dropped to his knees and said, God, give me the strength to make it across this river. And poof, God gave him huge biceps. He dove into that river, and an hour later, he made it to the other side. The next man dropped to his knees and said, God, give me the tools to make it across this raging river. Poof, God gave him a rowboat. He got in that rowboat. Half an hour later, he made it to the other side. The last guy said, God, give me the wisdom to cross this river. And poof, God turned him into a woman. <laughs> and she got out and map and saw there was a bridge two minutes away, and she crossed over on the bridge. Uh, I'm not sure of the accuracy of that story, but I heard about it. Chapter 30 of 1 Samuel, it happened that when David and his men came to Ziklag, on the third day, the Amalekites invaded from the south and attacked Ziklag, burned it with fire. So this is this famous story. David's three days away from being crowned king of Judah, and he goes to his most intense trial. So here comes the Amalekites. While the men are gone, they attack the city, and they wreak havoc. They'd taken captive the women and the children from small to great, carried them away, went on their way. David and his men, when they came back, verse 3, there it was, the city burned with fire. Their wives, their sons, their daughters, all had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. So it sorrow, sadness, grief is a normal response to loss. There's nothing un spiritual about experiencing grief. In fact, it's a healthy kind of cycle of dealing with loss. And, and, but, but for every person that grieves, there's a timeline when God says it's time for it to end. So grief is good until it's no good. So never grant permission for something temporary to be permanent. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning to evict it. And so they wept until all their tear ducts are wept, and then they get kind of in the normal processes of sorrow, loss, and grief. What happened next? So the Bible says David had the same loss. David's two wives, Ahinoam and the Jezreelite and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite, were also kidnapped. And David was greatly distressed, his distress greater, his anxiety higher. For the people spoke of stoning him. So 600 dudes, the baddest dudes on the planet, by the way, they're called in the next book, the mighty men of valor. They spoke of killing him because their hearts were so grieved. So their emotions blinded their reason and they're driven now by the sorrow of each man's story, each man for his son and his daughter. But David strengthened, encouraged himself, and the Lord is God. So it's a big story because David, in his life, he's facing like everything that's difficult. Often the most difficult 
storms of life are in family or finance. And here comes this perfect storm hitting them right, right between the eyes. And so, so, so David did something about it. I just want to say this to you. All of us are individually accountable for our emotions. And the problem with, you know, a victim kind of mentality, which the culture is approving, sanctioning, and encouraging, is that as long as you're a victim, you never get better. But we're all responsible for what we feel. And instead of blaming others, David took accountability for his emotions, did something about it, went to God, put on some Pastor Russell Johnson sermons, <laughs> put on some pursuit worship. He started preaching to himself. He got out one of his, we think David invented over 20 instruments, percussion and string, and he got out his little self-made orchestra. He's, he's, he's doing it all by himself. He's encouraging himself. He's beating back discouragement. And it's, it's a big thing because discouragement is often the greatest when breakthrough is the closest. He's three days away from becoming crowned king. He's waited for this 15 years. He's, this is his destiny, his calling, his purpose. This is his life assignment from heaven. He's almost there, but he goes through the greatest trial just before getting there. And instead of giving up, he looked up. Instead of turning back, he went forward. And he encouraged himself to the point he walked over to the man who wanted to kill him and preached to them until they were all encouraged, convinced them to follow him again. But he goes to the priest that was with them. Verse 7, David said to Abathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, bring the ephod to me. And he brought the ephod to David. David inquired of the Lord. David never lost a battle because he never picked a fight God wasn't in. He always said, God, is this your will? He inquired of the Lord. Shall they pursue this troop? Shall they overtake them? And the Lord answered, pursue you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. So three things, pursue, you'll catch up, and then you'll recover everything. So God gave him the word that he could have his stuff back. See, see, in life, God heals us from what the enemy does to us. But that's never the end of your story. Then he gives you permission to tell the devil you want your stuff back. And so David said, after he was healthy enough to hear God's voice and healthy enough to respond to it, he said, is it your will, God, that I go and get my stuff back? And God says, yes, it's my will. Go for it. Keep pursuing it. You'll catch up to them, and then you'll take from them what they've taken from you. It's a big thing because so many people stop short of God's will when it comes to restoration. I know when Pastor talked about God vindicates us through revival, through a breaking, breakthrough, through awakening, that's really true. It's one thing to be healed from what life has done for you. It's another thing to press into what God wants for you and tell the devil, you can't stop me from having this. And David said, listen, it's awesome that God's healed me, but I'm not satisfied until my family's saved. I'm not family until my business is blessed. I'm not family until my stuff is returned to me. And I don't know what the devil took from you. I've lost everything. He took everything from me, but I got it all back and more. And so if just fast forward the last couple of verses. I'll read to you from this passage in verse 18. The Bible says David recovered everything that the Amalekites had carried away. David rescued his two wives. Nothing was lacking. Nothing small or great, sons or daughters. N anything, any spoiler or anything which was taken away, David recovered it all. You're getting your stuff back. Then David took the flocks and herds the Amalekites had. And their livestock, and said, this is David's spoil. And one day, David went from being the poorest man in Israel to the richest. One day. He got his stuff back, and then he got the enemy's wealth. He claimed all of that. It was his reward for his courage and obedience to go get his stuff back. So God's never just going to put you back to where you would have been. He's going to put you advancing. There's going to be interest the devil has to pay, and there'll be an advancing of the kingdom of God in your life and your story. Just a brief history of the Amalekites, the people that attacked David. So the, the, the Amalekite spirit is the enemy's strategy to so discourage you 
that he attacks you when and where you're tired and weak. So the enemy studies you, and when you feel tired and where you're the weakest, he will attack you there. So it is such a hostile, demonic strategy that it offended God. A lot of people didn't like what God was doing by delivering Israel out of Egypt and their whole journey. But the Amalekite strategy in Deuteronomy 25, God talks to Moses about what they had done. Here's what he said to them and says to, through them to us about this demonic power, this strategy of the enemy. In um, Deuteronomy chapter 25, I'm in numbers, it's the wrong book. Oh, by the way, I refuse to read, use reading glasses. I just get larger print Bibles. <laughs> My wife says, why is your backpack so heavy? Because I have a huge Bible. <laughs> Remember what Amalek, God speaking to Moses, did to you on the way as you were coming out of Egypt. How he met you on the way, attacked your rear ranks, all the stragglers at your rear. When you were tired and weary, he did not fear God. Therefore it shall be when the Lord God has given you rest from your enemies all around in the land that the Lord is giving you to possess as an inheritance that you shall blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. You shall not forget. So God says, I declare generational war on this spirit for eternity. For as long as man is on the earth, I'm warring against it. Now, kind of a simple culmination and really high point explanation of Amalek is this. The enemy's attempt to discourage you to quit. So you will face no foe stronger than discouragement. And so how he does it when you're exhausted and, and in weak spots in your life, he studies you and it comes against you in a perfect storm or a vulnerable moment. And God says, I hate this demonic power and I will never stop. I declare in Christ's name, discouragement's leaving your heart. It's leaving your life, it's leaving your mind. The devil's a liar. God's not done with your story. The best is yet to come. Give God the chance to write a good ending to your life story. He will, and he'll show off by what he does. In Exodus chapter 17, Amalek is again. Amalek is fighting Joshua. Moses is up on the hill, his hands raised. And Moses thinks this will be a short battle. He's got his hands raised. He's an elderly man, but he's... Still strong. He's got his hand raised. But the battle last, lasted longer than he anticipated. And so as long as his hands were raised to God, Joshua was prevailing on the battlefield. Well, when Moses got tired, he let down his hands. Amalek started prevailing. So Aaron and Hur had to come help Moses. What you find out when you face certain trials in life is you can't do it on your own. That God's made us a body to be connected that my victory is sometimes in your hands and your victory in my hands. And when we stand together, we have victory together. And they held up Moses, Aaron and Hur. They sat him down, held up his hands, and Joshua won the battle. And at the end of it, Moses made a declaration. This is Yahweh Nisi, the, the Lord, my banner of victory. God says, I will always give you victory over the spirit. Don't give up. Now, here's a tactic of the enemy. Somebody throw me a water bottle. Oh, those big, huge ones, don't hit me with it. Here, here's a normal Costco one. This, if, I, if, if I began my, my little message to you holding up this bottle, it'd be nothing. Uh, but, but a half an hour from now, if the lid was off, we'd have another baptism going on. Because my muscles would be get tired. You with me? Maybe not my muscular friend in the second row, but my muscles would get tired. <laughs> I'd be baptizing everybody because sometimes it's not how much it weighs, it's how long you carry it that's the hardest. And when a storm hit my life in 1995, I told the Lord I can handle six weeks of this. So I was measuring my own endurance capacity. I said, man, this is so intense. Thank you, God. No more than six weeks. Jesus' name. Well, when it ended six years later, <laughs> you, you with me? It lasted so long, in the middle of it, I wrote a country western album. <laughs> True. 
true story. I don't listen to country western music, but apparently you can get so depressed it's your music. <laughs> just, just being honest. 12 songs, I actually did. I have confessed my sins. <laughs> and the, because things didn't stop. And, and, and so the secret of the devil in that strategy is, I'm just going to wear you out by having you endure this longer than you're prepared for. The early church called endurance, hupemone, the Greek word, the queen of all virtues. It means to stand your ground and not give up territory no matter what comes against you. Because they understood the importance of perseverance and endurance. God's anointed you to win. Jesus said it when he was talking about the last days in Matthew 24. But he that endures to the end, who be morning, he that doesn't lose ground, he that holds their ground in the end times will overcome. You're at last day anointed, blessed, and highly chosen child of God. You could have been born in the Middle Ages or before Christ or 500 years ago, but God decided you'd be born in this generation. He picked, like Pastor said, the best for last. You're a part of an end-time army. You're a part of end-time revival. You're a part of the greatest move of God the earth's ever seen. And you have inside of you the conquering DNA of Christ. You have a new DNA when you came to Jesus. You have a new courage, a new boldness, a new perseverance, a new strength, a new capacity, and you're going to make it. You're going to make it. Don't give up. Turn to someone and say, don't give up. <laughs> the last part, 2 Samuel. The book of 2 Samuel begins by David being told, David's king, he's crowned king, and he's told that Saul had been killed, Saul and Jonathan on the battlefield. And David mourns a man that didn't even like him. David mourned a father that never honored him as a son. So many righteous, good attributes about David. And so he's getting the report. David said to the man, who are you? And the man said, I'm an Amalekite. Well, tell me what happened. Well, he was wounded in the battlefield, and he said to me, kill me, finish me off. So I picked up a sword and finished him off. Here's the crown he was wearing. And David took the crown and then killed the man. Because you either kill discouragement or it will kill you. You either conquer the strategy or it will take you out. It'll kill your destiny, your dreams, your hope, your strength, your vision, your faith. It'll stop you in your tracks. And David stopped it right there. He stopped it right there. Because that's what God wants us to do. There's so many great promises for us. I, I want to act this out a little bit. I need, uh, Pastor, uh, um, I, I need like um, eight, no, no, ten of your most handsome and beautiful members to come up and help me on the stage. <laughs> just, just say, just say, whoever wants to come and help me. Men and women, men and women, come up here. Just come up here and line up in the stage next to me up here in this yeah, on the stage, come on up here. Don't be shy. I need a couple more brave souls. Thank you, Pastor Terry. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Just a couple more, maybe. <clears throat> so, that, that, that's great, you guys. Get us line up there. What, what an attractive group of people. Let's give it up for them. Hey, uh, uh, so, now, help me. I need you to use your sanctified imagination to imagine this being your family tree. Okay? And, and uh, what, what, what's your name, sir? Adam. Adam. So, perfect. We're going to begin with Adam like we should. <laughs> and what's your name, honey? Leah. 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 And so, Leah is you. That's, Leah is us. Now... Adam, Adam is your great, 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 great grandpappy. So, so I'll, I'll, I'll need some help, you guys, can help me with this. So, a long time ago, ten generations ago, God thought of you, and He planted seeds into your family line that He wanted to pass down to you. 
So he gave an inheritance, some blessings to Adam. And I, I need some more junk, some or stuff. I need some more purses or uh, <laughs> any visible objects that could be carried around. And uh, so, so God gave blessings to Adam. And Adam's task was to take what God given him, give it to his son. And his son's job was to take it and... <laughs> Sorry for this. Stay up here, Adam. Take, take it and make it more. Multiply it. So that every generation gives more to the next generation. So here's Adam, the son, takes it and passes it to his daughter. Isn't that cute? Your wife. <laughs> and so everything's going good. She takes it. She's adding to it. And it's growing and it's doing good. And, and her, oh gosh, we even have iPhones here. <laughs> So my skit's getting expensive. So she passed it to her son, and he's multiplying it. And, and the Lord thinks, man, by the time this gets to me, by the time it gets to Leah, it's going to be so powerful. It'll be unstoppable. So I need two more volunteers. Pastor, can you help me? And, so, and Michael. So everything's going good. And, and so he passes it to his daughter. So, so, Michael, come over here. So, the devil looks at that. <laughs> I'm sorry. It can't be him. No. <laughs> Just a skit, people. <laughs> the devil looks and says, man... If I don't stop this, by the time it gets to Leah, it's unstoppable. So, so what he does, she's passing it to her daughter. But the devil comes and he attacks the family and he takes the stuff. Take the stuff. And, and so instead of passing blessings to her daughter, she passes pain. And she passes loss. And she passes loss and pain to her son. And he passes loss and pain to his son. And he does the same thing to his son. And, and so Leah, instead of having an overwhelming inheritance of blessing, Leah's down here dealing with 10 generations of junk. And in this case, five. And she's thinking, man, this isn't fair. But Leah finds Jesus. And Jesus saves her and forgives her, gives her, gives her faith and tells her, I'm going to restore the years to you, what the locust has devoured. And, and Leah starts thinking... I want my stuff back, devil. I want everything God ever intended my family to be. I want it all back. And, and so she starts praying prayers that shake the gates of hell, that release the power of God. And so Jesus goes to the devil. And he takes it all back. And he gives it to his daughter. Now, here's my point. Even what God's doing in this church is a restored inheritance, both to the family and to this region. I was sitting at the, praying all night when I was 18 years old in college, Bible college, and there was a music practice room next to my dorm at Angeles Temple in Glendale, California. And uh, maybe two or three in the morning, and I pray. I prayed really loud. It was a soundproof room, and there was a piano in the room, but I didn't play the piano. But two or three in the morning, so I've been praying for four or five straight hours, and I was on the floor, just kind of weeping in the presence of God. And I had this thought: Man, I wish I could play that piano. It consumed me. So without without my reason, stealing my revelation, I got it from the ground, walked over to a piano I'd never played, put my fingers on it, closed my eyes, and started playing it perfectly. 
God gave me the, and when I asked the Lord, where did I get the gift of music? God said, it was in your family. It was in your family. God was just waiting for someone to take their inheritance. We, we are far too aware of what we don't have than what we should have. And I pray that God brings a revelation to you of everything the devil's ripped off from your family. And as you become aggressive and say, devil, I want my stuff back. Thank you, guys. Would you thank this awesome group of people? Thank Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief comes only to rob, kill, and destroy. Jesus said Satan's a thief. It's so good. Pastor showed me this, the, the sign in steel or iron outside of your church. Heal the sick. Cleanse the leper. Cast out demons. I'm forgetting one of the four. Raise the dead. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's not normal for a church to have that sign out there. <laughs> Come on, man. That's so, that is so awesome. Come on. We are living in this generation beneath our inheritance rights, both scripturally and generationally. And God's awakening us to what is ours. You know, God just reminded us, Psalm 115, the earth is mine, by the way. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. It all belongs to him. The devil tries to act like he owns things, but he can't have them. Nothing belongs to him. In your family, there's not one person that belongs to the devil. And so we are aggressively, there's, there's a scripture in, in uh, the book of Proverbs chapter 6, verse 31. It says, if a thief is found, he must restore seven times of everything he's taken. He's talking specifically about behavior, but the principle of restoration is tell the devil you want your stuff back seven times more. <clears throat> I lost 25 years ago, 26 years ago, multi-million dollar building, a 4,800 seat auditorium. I lost, um, I told the story last night, get the tape. And uh, <laughs> 12 years ago, I started getting very aggressive. God, I thank you for restoring everything that was ever taken from I had a $40 million building given to me for free. My favorite word in the English language, <laughs> free. It was turned over to me, a beautiful historic asset in Phoenix. God entrusted me with the baton. Now, I said that to tell you this. That's, so in my city, there was a, an inheritance restored or generational healing. But for me, it was also personal healing. I don't know what's been taken from you. I just know it's not over. It's not over. Your story is not done. God's not done. It's not, if it's not good yet, it only means God's not done yet. If you open a book, and um, any book but the Bible, open just a regular book and and midway through it, it might be an exciting or, 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 you know, disturbing chapter. But that's not the end. So give God the chance to write a good ending. How do we do that? We don't quit. If it's not good yet, it just means God's not done yet. It's not over till God says it's good. Remember, he creates, creates time, space, and matter. He creates the universe. In the staging of his creation, he stepped back and said, that's good. And in your story, it's not over until God says, yeah, that's good. Lord, I thank you that you're, you've raised up Pursuit Church as a powerful testimony to this community of the restoration of all things the devil's taken from them. David got all his stuff back, all his men's stuff back, and then he got what he didn't even have before. So we thank you in advance for the restoration of things in our story. 
I pray for a prophetic awakening, a prophetic realization for, for us to look at our family differently. And instead of just seeing negative things, let us lay a bold claim by faith to a restoration inheritance in those same areas. In the areas where the enemies attacked your family the greatest, heaven wants to do the greatest restoration, the greatest breakthrough. That's how you can tell what the future is going to be. Look what the devil's done. The opposite is in your future with God. And he's going to help you. Amen? The last thing that David had to recover from was the mental battle. The real battle was not defeating the Amalekites. The real battle was defeating discouragement. That's the real battle. You have to whoop it, kill it. The other day my wife screamed. She's in the closet, our bedroom closet. Uh, Michael, Michael. I came running in like a champ. Yes, my dear. <laughs> I'm here. What you need? She pointed the ground. There was a, a little scorpion. Stand back. <laughs> These mighty size 13s are going to crush the enemy under my feet. And I boldly crushed and rubbed it in. Then took a hanky and threw it away. God wants you to know he is going to crush the enemy under your feet in this season. I don't know how he's going to do it. He's, you know, one of the names of God is Jehovah Sneaky. He just hardly operates in the obvious, you know. If, the way you think he's going to do it, he does it in a different way. But however he does it, he's going to retrieve glory and he's going to bring joy to you. Thank you, God, for restoration. Come on, just right now. Thank you, God, for restoration in my family, in my business, in my marriage, my body, my health. Thank you, God. Lord, show me things you want me to boldly lay claim to. Show me things that I should be declaring over my life. Show me prophetic words that I should pray. Show me, God, how to pray the promise and not the problem. Show me, God, how to speak forth life. Show me the things, God, that are in your heart, in your mind for this moment of my life. Show me what I've been missing. Show me what you long to give me. Show me what you long to do through me. Show me what my family was meant for. The greatest stronghold, I believe, over families is discouragement. God's commanded blessings to pass through families, but the greatest activity of the enemy kind of culminates in discouragement. When you can overcome discouragement, you can retrieve the blessing. Come on. You, you, you can do it. When I first started, I told this story at lunch today. When I started my church in 1985 in Scottsdale. I met with the two leading charismatic megachurch pastors in my city. And uh, I came in just so fresh. I was 27. I was ready to take the world for Jesus. I still am just a little slower. And I met with these guys. The first guy, I'm sitting down with this pastor parked in his massive parking lot. I said, man, I, I shared my vision. I'm going to do God put it in my heart. We're up here in North Scottsdale, you know, 30 miles from here or 20 miles from here. And, and so the first guy said, well, I give you six months. I said, six months or what, sir? And six months until you fail, pack your bags and leave town. And I, then he escorted me out of his office. Nice meeting you. Goodbye. And I sat in the parking lot. I could barely stop weeping. Because it hurts the heart of a son to be cursed by a father. And I sat there. And I thought, well, next week I'm going to meet with any other guy. It'll, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. So next week I have my meeting with the second guy. Mega church. A real man of God. Both of them are real men of God. And so I'm meeting with them. And I poured up. Ah, I'm going to do this and that. Ah, vision, 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 vision. And he says, well, that's, that's interesting. He said, I gave you 10 months. I said, 10 months for what, sir? He said, 10 months until you fail, pack your bags, and leave town. Scored me out of his office. Now, when I left his office, I sat in the parking lot. Now I'm mad. I said, God, what is up with these jerks? <laughs> and I'm, I'm stewing, you know. Oh, man, grumpy old man. 
And so just like, he, just like the presence of God came into my unhappy car. And he sat down next to me and started talking to me. Here's what he said to me. Michael, someday you'll be the older pastor that young leaders come to see. And if you don't deal with all the disappointment and heartache and trauma that will happen in your life between now and then, when you finally have a platform to help people, instead of helping them up, you'll push them down. Instead of healing them, you'll hurt them. Your discouragement when it's not conquered becomes a weapon to discourage others. And so the Lord took it and turned it on me. He said, someday, these men have been through life's difficulties and they've not processed it healthy. They're still chosen. They're still God's men. They're still consequential. They're just not healthy. It's amazing that when pure water runs through a pipe, if the pipe is dirty or filled with rust, it defiles the water. It comes from heaven, the work of grace, the word of God, prophetic things. It's pure until it hits us. And when there's garbage in us, it ends up, it flows out of us. We have an obligation as pastors to get, stay healthy so we don't defile the pure, so we don't add something that heaven didn't send. So, so the Lord taught me in my 20s, he showed me that you're going to be, you have the choice to be either bitter or sweet when you get old. I have seven grandchildren, I call them the super seven. The five oldest ones I took on a date every month with, they would come on a date with me and we would go bowling, see a movie, go shopping, go to the uh, Dave and Buster's. <laughs> it's amazing how much money you can spend at Dave and Buster's. <laughs> I come home, as, I'd always have to come home and butter my wife up, honey, I, I went over budget tonight. <laughs> those, those electronic games, can, they can get expensive. And but I and I feed them all kinds of food. Oh, you want three Sundays? You can have them. There's no rules at Poppy's house. You can have anything you want. And and so my grandchildren only know a happy Poppy. Sixteen years down to three. Because Jesus healed my broken heart, filled it with joy and hope and love. I was broken. I was so broken. No one gave me a chance but Jesus and Mary. Not that Mary, my Mary, the <laughs> one I live with. <sighs> she happens to be Catholic, but that's all I'm going to say about that. She, she, she raised Catholic. I don't know. My, my precocious granddaughter, London, She's so, she, she's so fun. We go see a movie. She's she, word word for word. She start reciting it on the way home. Huge parts of it, and it just made me laugh so much. So, a, a few years ago, the, the movie Frozen came out, and uh, so when it came out, my my granddaughter's right at that age, and so every time I watch them, they they want to watch the same movie. Poppy, we will watch Frozen again. I said, Oh well, we've only seen it eighty four times. I I suppose. <laughs> One more time, it'd be great. And so, when I, and I can't even turn my head. Poppy, pay attention. You're going to miss what's coming. I said, I kind of know what's coming next. I, I'm familiar with this part of the movie. But London bounced across the, the room and grabbed my cheeks. She's maybe four or five and said, Poppy, you're the funnest person in the whole world. That's going on my gravestone. Here lies the funnest person in the whole world. At least according to London maiden Jesus can do that Jesus can do it. I don't my heart does not carry the scars my life endured only Jesus could do that and and he can give you a new start a fresh start a new beginning he can heal you to love again to laugh again to have joy to dance to sing again he can heal any part of your life. There's just nothing he can't heal. That's how good he is. 
I pray for you now in Jesus' name. I pray for anyone battling. If you've been fighting discouragement and you say, Pastor, I've been going through a battle with discouragement, would you just hold up your hand wherever you are? We're just going to pray for you and believe God to touch you tonight in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. If you're around someone with their hand raised, would you stretch your faith toward them and let's pray for them. Father, we pray for our brothers and sisters tonight. We thank you. love them so much. And you're helping them in their story. You're helping them in their real world. And God, we declare that discouragement has to leave tonight. You're evicting it. That hope comes, that strength comes, that joy comes. What, what, what's your name, young man? Russell. Russell, Russell I just want to say this. The Lord, the Lord likes you. He, he doesn't just love you. He likes all the unique properties of your life. The unique way you think. He likes the, the strength. You're like a bulldog when you do something. You're determined. You're, you're consistent. You're faithful. You have so many really good qualities. And the devil's just tried to wear you out. These last five years, got, like every year, got more intense. But I just declare over you, Russell, it's breakthrough time. That 2022 is a breakthrough year for you. In life, in business, in property and finance. It's a breakthrough year in every part of your story. And as you are in your family a curse breaker, and the things are stopping with you, stopping, they can't get to your children, they can't get to the rest of your world. God, I thank you, you're gonna show off. This man's gonna laugh for joy next year by all you do, by all he sees you do. In the name of Jesus. I saw four friends and four men, some of them go back a while, some of them are current kind of work connections. I saw God visit everyone. Revival's coming to the men you know. Breakthrough's coming to the men you know. They're gonna be free. One of them's battling alcoholism. God's gonna set them all free. There's miracles happening, Russell, in their lives in the name of Jesus. God's helping them like he helped you. God's not going to fail you, and God's going to rescue them. He's going to save them, deliver them. One of them is either a preacher's son or a, 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 a grandpa, and God's touching that man. God's reclaiming him in Jesus' name. Good things are on the way, Russell. Christ's name. Thank you, God. For anybody, Lord, encourage every person here. Heal hearts. Heal minds. Restore vision. Restore hope. Thank you, God. I, my, my title tomorrow for my message is, it's time for you to dream again. We're going to be talking about how the Holy Spirit unleashes so much prophetic encouragement into our future. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. Amen. Thank you. Everybody worship the Lord. Yeah. Thank you, God. Come on, everybody, just worship the Lord with me. God, we worship you. Thank you, Jesus. Michael's the, Michael the Archangel, beautiful. I, I'm, I'm changing your title before the service is over. So you know, Michael the Archangel plays heavenly music for us. It is really good stuff. Thank you, God. And thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Hey, what, what, what's your name? Natalie. So uh, stand up here, Natalie. Are, are you a single woman, a married woman? Okay, is, is Mr. Natalie here? Yeah. Oh, yeah, if, if he, yeah, he'll join us. I want to say this. You're a blessing. Everywhere you go, you bless people. The devil, I saw, so going back, it's between 17 and 19, the devil tried to steal your voice, steal your heart, steal your songs, but God fought for you. The fact, were you on the stage tonight? So the fact that you're leading worship and singing God's praises, it gives the devil like 14 black eyes. God's so proud of you for, for what you've done, what you've overcome. And we can go through such intense dishonoring moments from other people that it starts emptying our hearts of value and significance. And the Lord just has been rebuilding you, repairing you, restoring you because you're a treasure. You're a treasure to God, to your family. You're a treasure to the kingdom. And God couldn't be happier with you. I break the power of self-destruction off of your family. I break the assignment of death. I break the assignment of addiction. I break the assignment of mental infirmities. I command it all to end. 
In the mighty name of devil, you're a liar. You get your hands off of all of them. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. What, what, what's your name again? Brian. Brian. You helped today with the, our video shoot, right? Yeah. So Brian helped orchestrate. We did a, a podcast. So fun. Your pastor has a brilliant mind. Pastor Russell, I just like to listen to him talk about, oh, man. And one, of the, one moment there, he was preaching. I was ready to answer the altar call. I need to get saved. Right now. I mean, just really, really good stuff. You know, Brian, you have a genius mind. You have a really a strategic understanding of how to make things work, connecting them like a puzzle putter together. That's not a word or even a good sentence. And I'm sorry to say that to an intelligent person. But God's given you this masterful understanding of strategic thinking. You're just at the beginning of breakthroughs. Because God's going to shock the world from this church in media. And it's, so not just the communication. Man, it's so great to capture. I was, I was really admiring even the video production team doing a great job tonight. The shots. And I was really looking at good shots. That's all great stuff. But it's going to advance to filmmaking, to the short films, the storytelling, to unique aspects of cultural penetration into the arts through the ministry here of media. You're, you're right in the middle of that. So God's so proud of you. You've, you've died to the ambition of wealth. You just want to serve Jesus. There, but God's going to give you unusual financial blessing. The devil, going back to grandparents and then even great-parents, great-grandparents, land was stolen from your family. Property was stolen from your family. I command the devil to pay you back, Brian. I loosen miracle property to come back into your world in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. God, you're going to do some amazing things in this beautiful family. You know, you have any little Natalie's and Brian's? No. So... If you so desire to have little Natalie's and Brian's, they're going to be so brilliant because between brilliance and deep compassion and spirituality that your wife carries, such a great inheritance. God bless this family. The last thing, Brian, God is honoring your prayers for your family. Idolatry and false religions being broken. Uh, philosophical deceptions that are deep and sophisticated because they're smart people. God's disrupting it all. He's going to honor you and another prayer warrior ganging up, unleashing things into the family. Really good stuff. God bless these amazing young people in Christ's name. Amen. Man. Doing good, everybody? Are, are you people together? You're, you're the strangest. Happen to be sitting together? Yeah. Can I pray for you first, sir? I'm going to pray for you too, ma'am, out here. I want to say to you, God, so you're in a great season of life. And when I was a kid, there was this, it's amazing how sophisticated toys have become. When I was a kid, a little rubber ball was like a great toy. We called it a super ball. And the super ball, when you threw it down, it went up way high. It had this resilient property. It's amazing the resilience you carry. Because when life knocks you down, the devil thinks he's got you defeated. You just bounce back up. God's super proud of you, sir, for not giving up. And I just declare that in this season, it's a breakthrough season for your family, for your story. Because of your continuing faith and trust in God. God's, when it comes to bringing people out of confusion, God's bringing great clarity, revelation, and deliverance to your family. All kinds of, both here in, the, in another country, in another land. Some really good things are happening across a large circumference of, of lives. And I declare over your physical body, no weapon formed against you physically can prosper, can, can develop, mature, for, or fulfill any kind of uh, suggested or intended desire. I listen to the miracle power of God into your physical heart. I declare with long life, God will satisfy you. This you're supposed to live very old. So you can have very great testimonies for these years to come. The Lord's anointed you to heal people, to help people, to strengthen people, to bless people. Even your hands are anointed. So there's just so, so many great properties about you. And the Lord's proud of you for not stopping helping people, even when people stopped helping you. Someone had to fight for the family. Someone had to hold things together. Someone had to 
to, 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 to wear five hats, it was you. God couldn't be more proud of you. Miracles, three miracles coming to your family. God's cleaning up things that were kind of disturbed. God's restoring things. God's renewing things. God's honoring your faith. God's emptying your heart from emotional exhaustion. And you're going to feel, you're going to feel like you used to feel before like the last five and a half years especially. You're going to feel, man, I'm back. I'm back. I, I, I feel. You used to wake up almost singing every day, just kind of spontaneous Normal joy. It's all coming back to you, sister. God's with you. He's helping you. He's for you. The unusual, someone in your family has an unusual physical infirmity. I break it. I bind it. I stop it by Jesus' name. God, heal every person in this family she cares for. Do miracles for them in Christ. Amen. 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 Um, keep worship, Lord, everybody. Everybody doing okay? Are, 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 um, are you with, are you together? Yeah. Um, let me come over there and pray for you guys. Everybody doing okay? Okay. Um, yeah. I think the best way to get a prophecy is to wear a hat. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Great season, great time, great chapter of your lives. God's, so you've weathered some intense storms. They're like, keep, they, keep, they kept coming. They're like, this isn't fair. The storms are ending. God's rebuking them. God's helping you. And some great outcomes are going to happen, both for you guys personally and for extended family. God's rebuking the assault of the enemy to steal things um, from everything from physical health to financial status to mental health. So all kinds of good things are happening in the future. So unusual promotions. So when it comes to vocational service and expression, so it's been, a, it's been a pretty intense time. And I just want to say this. Your name's not forgotten. An unusual breakthrough and promotion is going to come to you. God is putting your name on top of a, a list from last to first. I loosened a miracle promotion, a miracle financial breakthrough. Devil, you have to pay this man back seven times more than what you took from him. I declare it in Jesus' name. God, you're going to show off in his story. So the devil's, the devil's such a liar. He's such a manipulator, he's, he, he's really tried to discourage you, but God's proud of you, young man. God's proud of you. Everything's going to change. Everything's, God's helping you in ways. God's proud of the way that you've turned to him, especially. Keep finding, what, what's your name, honey? April. April, what a great name. So, not January, not February, not March, April. <laughs> so, April, it's, it's amazing. You're tiny, petite, but like in the spirit, you're 10 foot tall, have a big sword. You're, you're a warrior. You fight for things you know God wants you to have. You fight for your home. You fight for others. The Lord's proud of you. The Lord knows you're exhausted. He knows that you've, man, I, I'm, I, I feel empty. I feel that you, I pray in Christ's name that God fills you so full of his joyous strength, his peace, his grace, that you know he's helping you. Now I declare over you in Christ's name that, that, Physical rest is coming to you in sleep. I bind the devil from disturbing your sleep. Okay. So however he's done it, no more. God, give her great seven rem sleep. So solid. Her husband's got to shake her to wake her up. Give her that kind of sleep uh, in Jesus' name and let her wake up refreshed because of it. And Lord, I loosen prophetic dreams to come to her. No more night terrors or kind of replayed uh, traumas. So, so interesting. Uh, I mean, like at 15 and a half, uh, the, the enemy tried to sabotage your future by, by hurting you. And God's just really proud of you for not giving up. Both of you have done so, some really good things here. Two women in your family mental, battling some mental infirmities. God healed them both, do miracles in April's family. Thank you for all you're doing for these precious young people. The last thing is this. God's giving your heart's desires a family. Miracles are coming to you as a family. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, God. Pastor, was there anybody you wanted me to pray for specifically um, tonight? Yeah. How you doing? Oh, what's your name? Charles. Charles. Everybody stretch your hands toward Charles. God, thank you for your love for Charles. Thank you for who Charles is. Thank you, God, for his life. It's, your history in this life. So, so Charles, you're, 
you're in a great place. Because God can't wait to show you what he's prepared for you. I just want to say this over you. Your future is going to be better than your past. You're not just in a new beginning. You're in a better season. And when I talked about restoration, I declared over your life in the name of Jesus. The devil's a liar. God's repairing, rebuilding, restoring, renewing. God's making a way for you. And by the end of these next three years, everything the devil took from you these last three years, God's giving you back better. So God, I thank you. Do miracles in Charles' life. Every facet, every part, from family to ministry, to his personal desires, to every realm of his calling, his significance. God, thank you for all you're doing. Now, I just want to say a couple things, Charles. God's proud of you. Anytime a person endures loss, suffering, and grief, it doesn't blame God for something that went wrong. It really makes God happy. So you've had a righteous attitude in an unrighteous battle, in a, in a hurtful moment. And the Lord's just really proud of you. God, thank you for your, your hand upon Charles. So um, what, what, what kind of work do you do? I work here at facilities. Yeah, so, so I think you're supposed to do, thank you for fixing everything. Great job, Charles. Everything looks good. Um, <laughs> I just want to say to there is a large amount of money taken from your family. And when, when it's, it's other people's losses kind of transferred to you, things that couldn't happen, didn't happen. Then, like f four years ago, your family, you hit so hard. So, so you, you, you know what loss is about. And God's in a restoring mood for Charles, okay? God's going to make you a, a testimony and a trophy of what he can do. Just watch. You're going to laugh more than you've ever laughed. You're going to feel better than you've ever felt because God's got you in the right place. You're in the right church. You're in the right environment. You're in the right atmosphere. And you're, you're doing good things on the inside. So God, thank you for blessing Charles. Show off in his story. Do amazing things, I pray. God, thank you that, that the best is yet to come for Charles in Jesus' name. Do great things. It's, the last thing is this. I saw you, not just, I saw you kind of as like a bodyguard or like a kingdom watchman, a, a prayerful nurse, and uh, a discerning over people, over things. It's like God's given you a detective or like a policeman's heart for the church. The Lord's very proud of your, your care for the church. It's real. And the Lord says, thank you for it. God bless Charles in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, Charles. Anybody else? Anybody else, Pastor? Anybody else you wanted me to pray for? R Russ and Kim? Oh. Hi, Russ and Kim. How you doing? Hi, Miss Kim. Here, you stand up here. We're going to... Pastor, make me do this. Yeah, we're just, just obeying the man of God. Lord, thank you for these world-class um, people, world-class family, world-class Christians. You know, Russ, I saw like a report card. There's a bunch of A-pluses on it. The Lord's just so proud of the way you stewarded your life. You've cared about things that God cared about. He's prayed, you, you have, you have a, a sharp mind, but yet you have a tender heart. And those things are really beautiful to God. And I just hear this huge thank you from God. Thank you for everything. Thank you for just being parental. Thank you for your care, your love, your devotion, your sacrifice, your insight, your obedience. Man, when God tells you to do something, you just go for it. So many great traits. And even, so it, it's, a, it's a cool thing because the devil doesn't even know how to get at you anymore. Because even when he takes stuff, you keep your attitude right, you, you have joy. You said, oh, well, God, oh, you know, you, you have so many really good kingdom traits. You're, you and your wife are examples of godliness, of righteousness, of maturity. And God couldn't be more happy with both of you. You're the real thing. Because you've helped build God's house, I pray a supernatural blessing in all of your house. Every member of your family connected to you, may God show off in their stories. And whether they ever trace it back to you, it doesn't matter. You'll know it. You'll know God did these things because we helped build his house, he's building our house. We blessed his family, he's blessing our family. And God, I thank you for what you've done. So, so Miss Kim, you're, you're the real thing. You're godly, you're a prayer warrior, you're discerning. You've protected your family by sensing the wrong people, the wrong moments, and you have like a radar that just knows 
uh, you know, things. Your husband loves everybody and, and you love somebody's. And that, that, uh, that, that may have been not the most best way of saying that sentence, but the Lord, the Lord just thanks you. Thank, because it's a genuine expression of godliness, righteousness, and real love to protect people and to be even aggressive in that. And so thank you. Thank you for the way you've watched over your family. You've watched over the church. You've prayed things, things the enemy wanted to do were stopped because you, you prayed for them. I saw something like six and a half years ago just stopped and, and you rebuked it. So there, there's so many great things that are part of your story. The woman who looks like you, God's touching, anointing, crowning, and a miracle is going to happen in her story in this next season. So many good things are on the way to your family. God, show off in this family. Do exceedingly abundant above all they could ask or think. So it's not, so there's an unusual property miracle coming to you. And I feel like it's not even in this city or whatever city you live in. It's not there. It's connected to another place. So how God brings this, this bridge is going to be really a great story. Something to do with an inheritance or a connectedness to inheritance. So God, thank you for all you're doing for these lovely people. They're showing off in their story. Bless them in every way. And so good news, good news. I pray for Christmas miracles. Good news comes contractually. God's doing some things for you. So God, thank you that things are coming alive. They look like they're dead. You're not, you're watering the seed. It's going to pop through. And some great things are going to happen in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Amen.